Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Don't look at a boy jumping me. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you, far am you. Swear to cross, ladies, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Wook Wook. G'day and welcome to The Curb. My name's Andrew Pierce, and this is a podcast that's all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region, and I pay respects to the elders both past, present and emerging. On this episode, I chat to the director and writer of the new comedy, Standing Up for Sunny, Stephen Vidler. Now, Stephen Vidler is a name that you might know. He has been on screen quite a bit, and he is also the director of the film Black Rock, which came out in the early 90s. Now, it's been a while between drinks uh, for him as a director, but this particular comedy, which features RJ Mitty as a brilliant uh, lead character here as Travis, who is somebody who comes along to help out Philippa Northeast titular Sunny to help her overcome some hurdles and she and help her basically become a uh, morning DJ host on the radio. It is a genuinely hilarious film, which I absolutely love. And I saw it way back in August at Cinefest Oz, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious then. And I think it's absolutely hilarious now. I'm really grateful for Steve to give me a chance to have a chat to him about what went into making this particular film, the challenges that uh, arose with making it, and also the challenges that come with distribution as well. Uh, This is quite an open discussion, and I really appreciate it. Appreciate Steve for, for talking about a lot of things with this particular film. Please head along to go and see it. It's going to have some Q&A screenings around Australia as we touch on at the end of the interview. And certainly, um, you know, there's a lot of events coming around Australia as well. There is This film will be also pushed out via FanForce. Uh, if you're not familiar with FanForce, it is a service where anyone, anywhere can actually organize to have screenings take place. And basically, you just need to hit a certain amount of uh, people attending those those particular screenings. I think the cap is about 40. It's not really that many. You can get your your mates and uh, their mates and family and all that kind of stuff to head along to come and see these films. Um, And you can just organize it with a cinema and they will be able to put on a screening for you. Really, really fantastic service. Uh, This is a film which I, I... I've enjoyed watching at home, but I've also enjoyed watching it with an audience. And it's one that you know, when you get when you start getting laughing and and, and having a good time, uh, it becomes pretty infectious. And so, yeah, with that in mind, make sure to head along to go and see standing up with standing up for Sunny with an audience. Anyhow, enough for me. Here is the interview with director Steve Vidler. Right, give it up for a very funny guy, Mr. Agman. 
Yeah, I, I have issues. This is the story of my best friend. Girls like guys they can fix, right? I'm like catnip to the ladies. Travis is a solo act, but nobody dreams of being alone forever. Come on, just talk to the pretty girl. How hard oh, can it be? This is gonna suck. It'll be fun. I just want to see if you need help. How would this work? I'm gonna go get me another beer with a lot of head. <laughs> so clever. Lucky you're a freaking retard, mate. The body, the body's fried. The brain is fine. Kind of the opposite of you. <laughs> nice work. How about you come in and give us some tips on how to repel people like that? How do I learn to do what you did? Sonny has assertiveness issues, don't you both? If you say so. <laughs> Why can't you see that guy? Hey. Okay, rude. I'm not superficial. I do all the telethons. Those things go all night. The biggest comedy festival on the planet. We're going to enter you into the open mic contest. I want you guys together, working on comedy gold. From now on, you two are inseparable. And I'm sure that you're going to be, um, uh, you're obviously going to be quite chuffed with the way that, uh, you know, this film is rolling out too. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited that it's well, going to be finally getting yeah, in front of I, you. Uh, I really appreciated your review. I, uh, I don't read reviews. So, um, but uh, I had a screening in LA and lovely uh, Alison Bell, who, uh, you know, the actor, writer of The Letdown, yeah. hosted the, uh, the screening and the Q&A and she read the review in its entirety at the end of the film. I thought, oh, shit. That's not bad. They're all yeah. like that. I'd read more of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw it down at, down at um, Bustleton and I had a, it was... It's probably the best film viewing day I've had this year because I watched H's for Happiness and then yeah. uh, stepped out, got a coffee, and then about 10 minutes later stepped into Standing Up for Sunny and I was just like, you know, uh, Matt Eels from Cinema Australia had um, been raving about it and absolutely loved it. And I was like, well, if, you know, what Matt likes, I like. So if he likes it a lot, then I will like it a lot. And sure enough, I had a really great time. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And the whole well, entire cinema thought it was hilarious too. So yeah, it was fantastic. We aim to please. Yeah, we, <laughs> I work with my wife. She didn't work on Sunny, but that uh, that kind of crowd pleasing, heartwarming, enjoyable, upbeat film with something to say is absolutely the stuff that we love to do. Um, sadly, it's it's not necessarily the stuff that. Uh, that the Australian funding bodies love to do. So there's yeah, a, yeah. a disconnect, I guess, between uh, my sensibility and the the sensibility or, or maybe the, the political agendas of the the current funding body regimes. Yeah, which is a bother. Like, I mean, oh. it's more than a bother, but <laughs> it's like I, I've been writing up this piece about um, Australian comedies this year because we've had a pretty killer year for Australian mm. comedies mm. and um, majority of them outside like Top End Wedding, which I really like, um, have either not been made within a funding body or also not had a huge release or anything like that. And it's mm. just like, I don't know, from my perspective, at least people, people go on about, oh, you know, Australian films are so serious and we've got to lighten up and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, here's 10 films that are genuinely hilarious and better than yeah. anything else out there. Why aren't you going to go and watch these? And mm. I'm just a bit annoyed. But 
Well, it's it's <laughs> also you know it's it's difficult to get films in front of an audience now with just the the way that the um, distribution and exhibition landscapes changing uh, and and the switch to streamers. It's really difficult to get into a cinema. Mm. Um, and without getting into a cinema first, you know, that's kind of a lost leading advertising platform now for most films that aren't the huge tentpole movies. Um, so it's it's a very tricky, uh, a very tricky time at the moment with a huge gap between, you know, the $200 million uh comic book movies and the small films which now rely more than ever on uh, festival credibility, I guess, to be the other point of difference or the other point of sale. So a small film that's not, uh, you know, a festival darling is going to really struggle to to be seen at all. Which is frustrating as well because, like, you've got a, you know, you've got a Hollywood name in this film as well. Like, that used to be the big selling point. You'd be able to mm. go, all right, we've got, a name face that people can relate to and, and understand. And, you know, I, I think there's probably no bigger TV show besides maybe Game of Thrones and than Breaking Bad in the past 10 years. So to have, uh, well, you know, one of the stars of that show in your film logically would be like, oh, great, no worries, that'll put bums in seats. Mm. But what's been the kind of like... Was there any kind of pushback in that regard from cinemas or from distributors being like, oh, that doesn't matter anymore? Or, uh, Well, I think, I, I think they're here in Australia, um, regardless of how successful Breaking Bad was as a, uh, as a television product, um, RJ is probably not well enough known to the audience here um, as a name uh, and a face to you know, give them give the exhibitors and distributors confidence that people will get off their bums and pay their fifteen bucks or whatever and go to a cinema. So uh, I, I get that. Um, I, I'm slightly puzzled, um, and this is you know not my area of expertise. But I'm I'm learning now, moving into producing, um, but I am slightly puzzled about how slow uh, it's been on the uptake to get a US streamer uh, on board and, and committed. Um, yeah, that is because, confusing. You know, film work, <laughs> we know the film works for an audience, and RJ is definitely a, a recognisable commodity um, for that audience in the US. But he's also generally hilarious as well. Like, oh, he's, he's terrific, yeah. He's got... Great comedic timing and and great screen presence as well. Like he's just such a an enjoyable person to spend two hours with and and two enjoyable entertaining hours with as well. Like he's mm. he's not suffering or going through something terrible or anything like that. He's you know being a funny person. So that yeah. should logically make it you know a, a more of an appealing film to for, for streaming or for anywhere really. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it's great. I like it a lot. I, I want to find out as well how you came about to getting Philippa in the film because she's just – I really like her in this. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's delightful. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan, and I hope uh, I hope we get to see a lot more of her. Mm. Um, 
we did really extensive casting for that role because it's a, it's a quite a tricky role to cast in that um, Sonny needs to be really upbeat and fun and electric and vibey and perky, um, but she also needs to be able to kind of turn on a dime really and just flip that switch into self-loathing and... And you know, kind of self hate and and despair, without it getting really kind of heavy and and bogged down. So you need to be able to see that. It's like you know, I describe it with great actors as just peeling away layers of skin. So while the kind of general energy is very upbeat, it's kind of like you know watching a kid dog paddle in in deep water. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it's fun and it's it's exciting and it's you know they're having a great time. But if they lose that and start to sink, then it becomes, you know, it switches really quickly into something quite desperate and, and scary. And that was what we were looking for, you know, an actress who, who had that ability to turn between those two things. And we looked at a lot of a lot of young actresses and there are, God, we have an embarrassment of riches in terms of young talent. The, the, the young... Actors and actresses that we looked at, unbelievably good. Um, and, and all of them, you know, we looked at some terrific actresses and all of them were really good, but of all of them, Philippa was the one who was able to flick between those two extreme states with you know, absolute ease and transparency. And, and as a professional, my God, she I think it's part of the... Uh, uh, you know, the home and away university that those guys work so hard and so consistently over time that if they commit to that, they become incredibly good at the technical, the technical side of things, of turning up prepared, ready to work hard, knowing their stuff, having options, you know, if the other actor or the director brings something they didn't expect. And because of, you know, the low-budget nature of working that kind of TV show, Wheels fall off and things go wrong. So if those actors learn their stuff well, as Philippa has done, um, nothing phases them. They just, you know, turn up ready to work, prepared, and put everything on the line, and absolutely nothing throws them off their game. Um, and she is quite extraordinarily a consummate professional actor. Yeah. And, well, that's the thing. Like, going into this film, I was like, oh, I think – you know, you have preconceptions about films and what the performances are going to be like in a lot of different ways. And having seen the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, so, you know, I had thought that maybe she would be cast because she was good at doing stand-up comedy and there was a hope that the rest would kind of fall in place. But no, she's great in all areas. Like, she's not good in one particular area and it's like the rest are weak. She's a great stand-up comedian in one way and then also a great you know, varied uh, character, actor in a lot of way, other ways as well. So she's just brilliant. And, yeah, I, I agree. I'm really itching to see what she does next because um, we do have a wealth of talent here and it's always great to see somebody new arrive as, mm-hmm. with such a, you know, promise and excitement um, that they can deliver. So, you know, thank you for bringing her to not only my attention but to everybody else's attention and saying, you know, she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, oh, look, it, it really was a pleasure. And there's always a little bit of pushback um, 
to look for somebody, you know, to go for the biggest name that you can get for any given role. Um, but with that, with that particular role, uh, I thought it was absolutely crucial to commit to going for the best actor uh, for the part, yeah. even though she may not have been the most known uh, commodity. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. Um, we'll get to RJ as well, but I'm curious as well with the the other supporting characters too, because they're they're absolutely they fill out the mix really, really well. Like Sam Reed in particular is fantastic. Um, mm. Who, you know, he <laughs> I, I applaud the casting because you know he's not a uh, he's he's not a terrible person. Like he's he's not like he is a terrible person in the the you know in the the narrative, but he never comes across as being an asshole that you hate. Like yeah. you can still appreciate and understand, and and you can see why the two have ended up together. Um, yeah. How did you go about casting him? Uh, we met a few people. We looked at some comedians and. Uh, and a few actors, and, and you've absolutely nailed what we were looking for. We were looking for somebody who had an inherent charm and likability, and Sam is just is so not Mikey. He's just he's the sweetest, loveliest, you know, very sincere, very intelligent, serious guy, and Mikey is just kind of a bit of a, uh, a self-obsessed airhead. So it's, Sam is totally different to that, but what he did have that, that was absolutely essential is a warmth and a charm and an absolute likability because I think you need to believe that Sonny and, and Mikey at least start out together even if they don't necessarily end up that way. Mm. Um, and somebody who wouldn't play the asshole, somebody who wouldn't play the bad guy and say, well, this is not really me, the actor. I'm not really like this, so I'm going to kind of put a layer of shithead on top of it, um, you know, to differentiate it from me. What what Sam brought to it was absolutely owning all of the shit stuff that Mikey does and believing he's doing the right thing. Mm, definitely, yeah. And he's just so good, just so good. <laughs> terrific actor. Yeah. He's, he's just going from strength to strength. He's, yeah. There's, there's a moment, like, I, I don't want to spoil things, but, uh, you know, there's a moment, like, near the end uh, where her sister sides with him over her. And that could have been played so really, like, so not well uh, or, you know, could have come off kind of badly. But the way that you'd set up him as a believable nice guy with a, a, a you know a dick underneath um it makes that moment really really sell like you sell that moment really really well and i like that a lot because it's 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 hard to you know obviously with films like this it's there is that need to have a drama moment but um sometimes they just feel a little bit manufactured but here mm. it feels so completely natural and so like you know, because of that groundwork that you set up with these characters and the and the actors as well, like it's just it makes it feel like, all right, I know we've got to hit those beats, but how are you going to do it? And you manage to pull it off in a way that is like effortless, really. Um, so I applaud you for that because it, it just helps elevate the material in so many different ways. Um, 
Yeah. Well, what we were going for was the idea that Mikey and and Sonny's um, sister Felicity represent what we think we believe in. Like they mm-hmm. represent success and hard work and ambition and, you know, being good looking and all the things that, that are aspirational for us that we think we want and the characters that we actually relate to um, – RJ's Travis and, and his mate Gordo and Sonny are all the kind of damaged people who are, you know, kind of lurking on the fringes a bit. And you might think, oh, that's not really – I don't want to be like them. I want to be like the successful, good-looking, ambitious, you know, the people who know I've got to have a goal and I've got to do what it takes to get to that goal. And uh, we think that's what we believe in. But if you scratch the surface, um, there's – often a lot of ugliness underneath that aspirational thinking uh, and there is a lot of truth and value and a lot to be admired about embracing your flaws and your shortcomings and, you know, the ways in which you are damaged or maybe, you know, seen as left wanting um, in, in comparison to those benchmarks of what we think is aspirational. So all of the things that Mikey's trying to push on to Sonny and all of the things that Felicity's trying to push on to Sonny are things that are kind of relatable because we think we believe in them. Mm. Uh, part of what we wanted to do was to just question that. Yeah. Well, it's I, I like that a lot. Um, with that in mind, I'm curious about how you went about writing the script and when <laughs> the what the process was as well, because it's, there is a lot of um, representation of, of different disabilities and, and different groups in this film, which we so rarely get to see in not only in Australian comedies, but in comedies in general. So where did the, the idea come from? What was the kernel of the idea and how did you uh, workshop it through to completion? Yeah, look, it was a really long process. Um, it started out, the, the initial spark for the idea was um, I come from an acting background, so a lot of my friends, uh, wonderful actors who maybe haven't had the recognition that they could have. Um, and a lot of them are very, very funny people, and a lot of them are really quite fucked up. Um, and I, it started as an idea for a play. I wanted to write an ensemble piece um, to provide kind of show-off roles, I guess, for, for these actors that I knew who were very funny um, and a little bit uh, bent. And the idea initially was a group therapy group where there's a bunch of people with various, not necessarily disabilities, but you know, psychological issues, um, and the group therapist can't really handle them, so he invites a stand-up comedian to come in and do a one-off workshop with them, and they all decide they want to go and do stand-up comedy. Um, and that was the idea for the play. That started to kind of open out for me a bit, and I figured it was probably getting a bit sprawly in terms of the locations that it was going to, to be really well contained as a play, so I rewrote it as a film that script got picked up um i developed that with uh, a producer matt hearn who did wolf creek and we got into aurora which was a screen new south wales development um process and 
Meg Lefauve was one of the uh, mentors there. Meg is an amazing script doctor, writer, producer. Uh, she's one of the writers on Captain Marvel and on Inside Out for Pixar. And she looked at this thing and she said, this shouldn't be an ensemble piece. It's really about this guy with cerebral palsy and this girl with bulimia. And for God's sake, stop being so Australian and let them get together at the end. <laughs> um, so I took her advice because I think she knows what she's talking about. And out of that process, we needed that kind of third wheel character and Gordo, the um, boundaryless blind uh, best friend, um, was created. And, and that draft that came out of the Aurora process was pretty much the script that we ended up shooting that, that you've seen uh, on screen. Yeah, it's fantastic. And and at what point did you get have RJ in mind or at least, um, you know, were, were kind of seeking out somebody who mm. matched him on paper? Uh, look, very early. Um, in writing it, I hadn't really thought about casting at all. I just created the role and did my research and wrote this thing, uh, and then when um, C Pictures Ticket to Ride came on board, we agreed that, particularly in the in the current environment, um, there's been a really positive shift towards authenticity in casting, and I think that is incredibly important now um, to honour. So we wanted to find a young actor who actually had low-grade cerebral palsy. So we did a lot of scouting around. We looked at who... There's a lot of comedians, um, interestingly, with CP. Many of them, though, are, are much more severely affected than the character of Travis was. Um, so we found essentially two options uh, for actors. One was RJ, and given that he'd just done Breaking Bad, he was definitely the front-runner. Um, and there's another... Uh, terrific young Australian actor who hasn't kind of broken through yet, but he's really good, Jason Stojanovsky. Um, and he was, you know, he, he was our B option. If if we couldn't get uh, a name in RJ and or if we couldn't get permission to bring uh, an import in on a low-budget film, then uh, we would have gone that way. But we sent the script to RJ and said, Here's this script. We have virtually no money. Um, you know, you'll be doing it for a sandwich and a cup of coffee. And he got straight back in touch with us and said, I love it. Um, I'm in. What do I have to do? Yeah, that's awesome. Was there, did you, um, you know, when, when, when he came on board, was there any adjusting of the script or anything like that? Did he say, uh, like, obviously there was a lot of, um, you know, adjusting and, and things like that, workshopping as you're writing it, but did he come on board and say, oh, maybe this isn't right or maybe you should boost this up a little bit, bit more? No, not not much, not really. Uh, we tweaked a couple of lines. There are a couple of small references or, or phrases that he said, I don't think I would say it like this. I think, you know, somebody who has cerebral palsy would say it like that. Um, but maybe literally three or four lines. Um, and where we did workshop a little bit more um, was just for the cadence of his speech and, you know, the rhythms of his speech with some of the stand-up stuff. We, we just kind of workshop through that and 
just to make it sound a bit more natural coming out of his mouth. Sure, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the the way you present Sydney in the film as well, because, uh, you know, certainly for people who watch Australian films are so used to seeing the name-checking of, like, the Opera House or the Bridge mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but this is more of a suburby kind of uh, feel, like mm-hmm. it's, you're still getting to see Sydney, but you're seeing a different side of it. Um, how did you go about deciding how to present such a famous place? Uh, because I love the way that it's presented because it doesn't feel like we've seen it before, like it's, it's seeing something brand new in a different perspective. Yeah, well, what I wanted to do, um, and I had a terrific uh, cinematographer working with me, Mark Bliss, who is uh, Czech. He, uh, he literally jumped ship um, to, es- to escape communist uh, Czech regime, and then when the, the wall came down, he went back to Prague, but he came back out to, to do this film. Uh, what we talked about was very much what I was talking about with the theme of the piece was to reflect that idea um, in the environment, that there are parts of Sydney that maybe aren't glamorous, that are a little bit run down, a little bit shabby and a little bit funky, but they have their own beauty. They're not ugly. They're not seedy. They're not dangerous. They're, it's just a different kind of beauty that's not manufactured that's not aspirational that's not shiny and perfect or you know the tourist postcard look and that kind of inner west marrickville has a kind of vibrant defiant creativity um even though it is a little bit run down and a little bit you know kind of shabby around the edges um it's still beautiful Mm. It, it really is yeah it it adds to the personality of the film quite a lot i i like it a lot and it's it's just nice to see, you know, that yeah, there are other parts of Sydney that exist outside of the, the yeah. touristy places. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's a frustrating thing as a filmmaker. We just <laughs> had a, uh, a development application for Screen New South Wales um, for a follow-up film that we want to do, which is another romantic comedy. Um, knocked back, and the, the two key things that they felt, the, the criteria that we hadn't really strongly met were diversity, which uh, kind of made me swallow my tongue after making Sunny, um, and that it wasn't distinctly New South Wales enough. And if you look at the script for Sunny, that stuff about the environment, where, you know, where it takes place, you can't really express that in the script unless you're like, going to write an, uh, an essay on every page about why we're seeing this particular street in Newtown. It's just there and as a filmmaker you have an understanding of what it is that you're actually going to put on screen what people are going to see frame by frame that expresses the distinctiveness of the place yeah yeah in that regard as well like it's been obviously a lot of people might know you for well from your on-screen work but you know way back in the 90s doing black rock and it's certainly from my perspective at least and i know that matt and i talked about this a bit in before standing up for sunny had come out like we're going when is he going to make another film and then and then you come out with this um why why the long gap why the distance between uh, as the great casting agent liz mullinar used to say to us uh, <laughs> as actors it's polite to wait till you're invited right um it wasn't for want of trying, I can tell you that. We, I had not not a uh, 
a rare experience, I think, of having a number of films just fall over, uh, films that were up on Wednesday and dead on Friday. Um, yeah, uh, and that's a you know that's a frustrating and heartbreaking experience. But I'm certainly not uh, I'm not alone in having had that uh, experience a number of times. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be all too common with Australian films in a lot of ways. You make a great one, and then it's it's a long time between drinks. But I'm I'm glad that you're back at least, and I'm glad that you know. Oh, hopefully, you. you're you you know, it's uh, not too long before you're back again. And um, I'm really hopeful that this film you know gets an audience too, because I'm excited to watch this again um, with an audience over here in Perth, and uh, I'm excited for for what's going on over east. You guys have got some Q and A screenings, is that right, going? Yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, Q&As in Sydney and Brisbane and I think maybe also Port Macquarie. Uh, and then later in the year there's some more screenings in Sydney and some down in Melbourne, I think, in January. So, yeah, look, it's a, it's a little bit ad hoc, but it's great that uh, it's having the opportunity to get in front of audiences and that people can see and enjoy the film. Yeah, well, definitely, and um, I'll be pushing it as much as I can because I, again, it's something I believe in. I think it's a really fantastic film, and um, I'm really passionate about these Australian comedies because you know the more they exist, the more I'm able to point to people because I, I do get you know things from people, emails from people, contact on social media, and they're all going, "We're all so serious," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, we're not." <laughs> so it's nice to have these films that I can use as a, a tool to be like, "Hey." No, actually, sit down, watch this, have a good time, and and be entertained, and and then tell everybody else to go along and watch this kind of stuff yeah. as well. Because the more well, of please. that, then yeah. That was director Steve Vidler talking about his new comedy, Standing Up for Sunny, which is rolling out around Australia next week, uh, with Q and A screenings happening, as well as again those four mentioned fan for screenings too so if you are interested in checking out this great film then i recommend uh heading over to fan force and organizing a screening or checking out the website on or on facebook um as to where a screening is taking place near you uh, i know there's a few happening here in perth so certainly head along go and have a great time at the cinema and see how funny australian films can actually be Thanks again for listening to this stuff. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you've enjoyed these interviews uh, with both Steve and Selena Miles, who directed Martha, A Picture Story. Both of those great films are in, in cinemas right now. Alongside uh, Mira Falk's Actor Award-nominated film, Judy and Punch, which I highly recommend seeing. is a great, great film as well as Genevieve Bailey's documentary Happy Sad Man that is still having screenings around Australia. It's really important to head along and go and support Australian films. Uh, We make a lot of great content that unfortunately not very many people like to head along to go and see. So please uh, show that there is a market for this kind of stuff and go and see it opening weekend is where the uh the impact is most felt uh so please head along on the opening weekend and support australian cinema with your dollars and you can support me by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the curb au to help keep the website going or just heading over to the website thecurb.com.au and that helps out uh reading reviews and all that kind of stuff uh, really really helps out a lot and also sharing things as well on social media is a lot of help too um helps get this content in front of either eyes and most importantly uh, the reviews and interviews that i do hopefully will encourage people to head along and go and watch these films anyway enough of me thank you very much 
Have a nice day and look after yourselves, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Let Safeway help you unleash your globe with your favorite personal care products. Right now at Safeway, get great deals on all your favorite personal care products. Like Head & Shoulders Base Shampoo, Crest 3D Whitening Toothpaste, Listerine Antiseptic Mouthwash, Sensodyne Sensitivity Fresh Toothpaste, Degree Women Antiperspirant Deodorant, or Soft Soap Liquid Hand Soap. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local Safeway store for more deals and specific details.